Welcome to Transcend into Wellness, where every week we chat about all things energy, spirituality, human design, and manifestation. I'm your host, Minu, and I'm a transformational life coach and energy healer. I'll be educating you on overcoming your fears, self-limiting beliefs, and raising your vibration so that you may achieve lasting peace and happiness. All right, we are back with another episode. Clearly, we make a great team, Jonna. <laughs> I agree, I agree. So uh, we're here to talk about all the lies that society tells us on everything that we need to do and everything that needs to be on the checklist to be quote unquote happy or satisfied. So I am here and I'm going to break down seven major lies that's been going around for God knows how long. And I want to tell this to you and we want to educate you on this process so that you don't live in a constant state of dissatisfaction and a constant state of lack because the society makes us feel like if you don't check a few boxes, then you're not good enough or you have not lived life to the extent that it's supposed to be lived. So here I am. And since we talked about soulmate or trauma mate in the last episode, I am going to start off with relationships. So the first lie that we always hear is there is a happily ever after. Yes, (laughs) we do, especially as women, I feel like, because we're taught from a very, very young age, especially Disney movies. If you live in the United States, I'm sure, I mean, they're across the country, but like, we're taught, like, that's what they put at the end, like, and they lived happily ever after. And it comes also, like, we could also add into this, like a prince comes and saves the princess, and then they go off and live happily ever after once the female is saved by a male. Right, exactly. So I think what that happens is like, you know, we watched this when we were children, and now kids watch this all over again. So I think it fundamentally programs and conditions their minds that that is the way it is supposed to be. Right. The problem is, even though as adults, like, I mean, obviously, I've done a lot of like subconscious work, and John has done a lot of work, but like, when other people see this and as adults, they recognize that, okay, this is a bunch of bullshit. This is not <laughs> how it really works, but they're still not able to snap out of that state of dissatisfaction because your subconscious mind is too programmed at this point that that is the way it has to be. Well, I think even in one of our sessions, I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to be quote unquote happy all the time. And like, sometimes if I felt down, but there was really nothing to feel down about, or I know I messaged you before and I was like, I just feel blah. Yeah. And you were like, that is okay. And I was like, oh, it is. I was like, I thought I was supposed to be this like happy, go lucky, positive person all the time. And when I don't feel that way, then it's like something is wrong. So that's probably that programming from an early childhood where you're taught that if you're not happy, something is wrong. Exactly. And then so the happily ever after the way it conditions, you know, probably even some men is that it's like, okay, once you actually get married, or once you find that quote unquote soulmate, then you're just supposed to be happy. And so people enter into a relationship or people enter into a marriage, you know, kind of like believing that happily ever after. And then when they start having problems and issues, they're like, okay, this is not supposed to be the way it is. So not only are you having so much contrast in your mind because you're having problems, you're having a bigger level of contrast in your mind because that is a false belief. Yeah, yeah. It's a false belief. Imagine like two people coming together, you know, even if you're from the same religion, even if you're from the same background, still different values, different belief systems, you know, different rules on how families should be different relationship expectations, even I'm talking even the same background and the same religion. So if that's different, you can imagine the amount of contrast couples face. Right. No, no, no. And obviously I haven't ever been in a long-term committed relationship. We talked about that last week on the podcast. Now, is that my desire? Sure. But there, like we talked about last week, that goes back and forth, like deprogramming that society norm where I have to ask myself, what do I really want? Do I want a marriage or am I more happy with having a life partner, a best friend? And I'm more leaning towards like, I just want someone to be there that I connect with and that we can, you know, job with. So when you talk about like happily ever after, when I have had like quote unquote situationships and those are my relationships that I can refer to, like 
I've noticed like if I'm not happy or something, I'm like, do I even like them? Or like, then I've noticed a lot, like with men or even friends telling me about relationships, like they're not happy. So they run off and cheat or they run off and do this and they use it as an excuse. Well, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, th- and, and that goes back to people tell you you're supposed to be, or you should get out of something. Exactly. Exactly. And they keep saying marriage is 50, 50 and relationship is 50, 50. Well, let me break it to you. It's hundred, hundred <laughs> the way you can be happy. And so let me tell you my version of happily ever after the way you can reach a state of fulfillment. I, I don't like to use happy. You can use the state of fulfillment and satisfaction in relationship is when two conscious people come together having a same strong outcome. I want to repeat that two conscious people coming together to have the same outcome. What do you what do I mean by conscious? Conscious means you know who you are, you know what you want, you know what you don't like, you know your triggers, you know your shadows, and you have done some work on yourself. That is conscious because you're conscious of the patterns, right? Because in a relationship, what happens? The other person reflects all of your insecurities. They reflect all of your fears. <laughs> it's funny that you're saying that because I was currently like this past weekend going kind of through that with a guy that I've off and on again dated and I was triggered and kind of reverted back to my past childhood trauma. Like I have a, (laughs) this is really embarrassing to say, but I have an issue with like, when I'm feeling abandoned, me and you have talked about that. Like a lot of things that I've gone through in my life, I feel abandoned. And what's different now is I actually can recognize it. It may, it may be 48 hours later, but I can recognize it and I can be like, okay, so you triggered me in this way because I felt abandoned in that moment. And yes, I acted like a three-year-old and threw a tantrum. Right, right. But I'm recognizing it. So in like, so yeah. And honestly, Jonna, that is a big gift. I know you say 48 hours is a long time, but 48 hours is a short time. There are people that go um, being in relationships for years and years and decades, like not being conscious, not having awareness, not recognizing anything, and they live in suffering. So 48 hours is really <laughs> for my friend. <laughs> it, well, you know, it's it, when it's you, you feel like you should have like hindsight's 2020 it's like you should I should have recognized that I was kind of reverting back and it 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 was I made it into a bigger situation than it actually was and then I have to take that ownership and responsibility which is also another thing like I know this is going off to left field but like when you talk to your friends about it and things like that and everyone's like well you did nothing wrong Mm -hmm. I'm the type of person I was like actually I did like I did like I, I have to take ownership and the responsibility that I played in this and me overreacting causing a reaction is my responsibility. And I have to own that. I have to own where I messed up. Absolutely. And there's actually a lot of freedom in it. Like when you own it, rather than blaming the other person, because blaming the other person is like a dopamine hit. It's it's a hit for your ego. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a it's a it's like a mini Oh, yeah, I'm right. I knew I was right. Yay! I called it, you know, so your ego feels Oh, like I'm right, you know, it's a dopamine hit. And real that doesn't make it true. The true alignment is you really recognizing, okay, why was I triggered? What in me led to the led to this? And what can I do to make this a situation or how to resolve the situation? So like I said, happily ever after is two conscious people coming together. And conscious people, meaning people that work, work on themselves, go to therapy together, or even individually, even if they don't, like they know themselves, they know, and they're aware of their patterns, and they come together for a similar and strong outcome. So that's the first lie society tells us. Okay, <laughs> so the moving on to the second, and I think this is this is gonna this is gonna apply to a lot of people, which is failure is bad. Okay, yes. I want to like break this down as to what failure is. Because failure is, is not what society is like, oh, you didn't get to this level. So you're a failure. You didn't get married at this age. So you're a failure. Those are all like, basically like, you know, the title that society gives or like a standpoint where society says, okay, this is how it has to be. Otherwise it's, you know, failure is bad, but I want you to reflect on this for yourself is like failure and success to me is like, are you living um, according to your terms? right? Are you living and are you being in integrity? And is your life falling into grace with integrity? Yeah, that's that, that's true success for me, not not getting a rank, achieving this, yada, yada. Yeah, those things are good markers in, you know, to evaluate if you're growing. 
But if you can validate that for yourself, that's all the validation you ever need when you look outside and say, well, this person is making this much. This person has a partner. This person has these looks. I personally think that would lead into a lot of suffering. I think true success, which is the opposite of failure, comes when you can be in integrity with the self. It's so crazy. And I tell you this every time, like we always have either a podcast recording or a session together where it always comes at a time where like something has happened in my life. Like, it's so weird. It's almost like you're partially psychic in this. Because it was funny, as I was going through all my stuff this weekend, like a friend had reached out, she had recently gone through a divorce. And, you know, I've talked to her a lot, because she also thinks that she has failed because she's got two kids. She's Mm -hmm. young, she's Mm -hmm. going through a divorce. And that's not obviously what she wanted in her life where she is. Mm -hmm. So as I'm a little bit older than her. So as we've talked, she like, she literally reached out to me this weekend, just randomly and was like, you know, I would really like to be like you one day. And I was like, like me, what, what, like, I, it, and it was one of those things where I was like, why? I was like, I don't have all my shit together. I was like, I'm single. I don't have any kids. I haven't really ever been in a long-term committed relationship. She was like, but you're very successful. You can do everything on your own. You're very independent. And I was like, I guess, <laughs> but yeah. she was seeing it from the point of like, she, and it's true. Like everyone has a different idea of success and her her thing is she doesn't feel successful she's also a nurse practitioner she has had two beautiful healthy children she did go through she was with her husband for a long time and things just fell apart and she considered herself a failure because her marriage didn't work out but didn't I said but you're still a nurse practitioner you're still a great mother like you have succeeded like you still have this wonderful career but she didn't see it that way vice versa where I didn't see it because I didn't have the things that she had Exactly. So it's like the grass is always greener on the other side. And well, this is the note, my friends, the grass is greener where you water it. And it's not on the other side, because the thing is, you can have everything, but your mind is going to be like, I don't have that one thing. So I'm a failure. Yep. I, I have had so many clients that have made millions of dollars, you know, just and then but they don't have the one thing. And right. that's the health. For some people, it's babies. For some people, it's relationships. For some people, it's career. They have everything else, but they don't have a career. So that is like a big failure. So it's like the one big thing which is missing becomes the big, the wound that we call it, the one wound that should not be poked, right? And I'm going to give you guys a graphic example as you're listening to this. And let's say there is a whiteboard and then there is a black dot on the whiteboard. And I'm telling you to focus on the area that is white. Trust me, you're not going to be able to do it. You're going to, your mind is going to come back to the black dot, which is the one little dot, which you <laughs> see, which is like one imperfection. Uh, it's not even an imperfection. I'm just giving you an example. It's like yeah. the little dot that you see on the board. Your mind is going to be like, oh, but I, but I want to focus on the white area, which is all around me, but I, I'm fixating on the one little dot. And that's the beginning of suffering. So that's why we have gratitude practices. That's why, you know, even in, I think in all religion, it's like, you know, you have, you always appreciate what you have. You acknowledge what you have, because the reason we do that is so that we remember what we have, because a lot of people that are listening to this, watching you, even if you're listening to this, don't have what you have. Yeah. So there is no such thing as failure. There is no, there is no such thing as failure because somebody else is always going to have it better. Somebody else is always going to have it different. (laughs) When I think that you've also told me like, there's really no failure because everything that you experience, even if you quote unquote fail, it's not a failure because you learned from it. Well, if you learn from it, I guess <laughs> some people it. don't, some yeah. people don't, some people really, you know, like believe what their mind tells them, which is, you know, they're a failure and they're crazy and you know, they're whatever, whatever they believe their thoughts, they believe their minds and then they end up suffering even more. Right. And it's like, I think what I, what we want to bring about in this episode to all of you guys is just more awareness. Yeah. It's just more awareness, more truth and not to keep subscribing to the lies of society and conditions. And if, and this is the thing, if your friends are the society that I'm talking about, if your friends are, you know, very influenced by the society and the rules, then just have a little bit compassion because they're also conditioned. That's what they were taught. Right. If your mother is saying that that's what she was taught. Yep. So have compassion and, you know, you can't please everyone. You can't make everyone happy. So it always comes back to you. So asking what what is, what is me? Who is me? You know, who is the real me without the condition? And see that, 
that's hard because I'm at that in-between stage right now. Like I'm not fully (laughs) believing like, like you, like the way you explain things like really resonates with me because you would always be like, don't let your mind tell you the stories. Like you're getting wrapped up in the story, stick with the facts, stick with the truth. So I try to do that. And like, even though I've come a long way with you and I've grown more confident and worked on those things, still a part of me will be like, okay, I know that I'm worthy. I know that I'm valuable. I know these things. Mm-hmm. I still believe what they say about me. <laughs> you know, I'm at that in-between stage. Yeah, you're at the, the in-between stage is a tricky stage, but the in-between stage is also a great stage because you can see this side and you can see this side. Yeah. You yeah. can see both. You can see that this, this uh, the other side, the past self is the past self pulling you back into comfort. Well, and, I, and like, and like you, I guess we have to ask ourselves like, okay, I've, I've, I've achieved a lot, like when it comes to career. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like, you have to ask yourself like, well, what, when will you feel like you're successful? What, that's the question you ask yourself. And I had this conversation with a friend this weekend who was feeling really down about her looks and weight and things like that. And I was like, I asked her, I said, when will you feel good about yourself? I said, you've lost 30 pounds. That is amazing. That mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. When are you, when is it going to be good enough for you? And oh. she was like, I don't know. Mm. And I was like, that's the problem because it's not the weight. Yep. It's a state of mind. Yes. It's a state of mind. If you have a million dollars and you say, I will have 5 million and I'll be happy. You'll have 5 million and you'll be like, no, I need 10 million to be happy. And I promise you this, it is an endless state of wanting and desiring. That's yeah. And that's what I told her. I said, I, yeah. right. That's what I told her. I said, whenever I talk to me, you like, and it's hard. I said, I'm not perfect. I said, I still struggle with this. I said, but what I do know is like, because I'm working with her, it's easier for me now to say, like if those negative thoughts creep in, or if I'm not just say, okay, stop, we're not, we're not going there. Yeah. I said, and it's a daily thing. I said, it's not like I woke up one day and said, okay, yeah, menu's right. I'm successful. I'm a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, it took a long time to get there. Right. Because it was 36 years of thinking otherwise. Right. It was 36 years of believing you're not good enough. Right. You see what I'm trying to say? 36 yeah. years, six months, 36 years, six months. <laughs> right. Right. So it's, and the fact, the, the fact of the matter is, Jonna, like you've come a long way. Yeah. It's like you've come a very long way. So it's like it's the thing is you're also you have to understand anybody that's listening to this. And if you're ambitious, which is an everlasting need to grow and wanting to change. If you are an ambitious person listening to this, you are never going to feel like this is it and I'm good enough. And yep. that is something you have to fundamentally accept it that, yep. OK, I'm not going to feel like it's enough. And that's OK. And that's OK. That is a part of me wanting to grow that is a part of me wanting to change and evolve and that's okay so even that being okay with the contrast you see what I'm trying to say being okay with the contrast is where you find a lot of freedom and and, and this is where I get to the third stigma which is mental health stigma it's like oh you're going to therapy something is wrong with you oh you're doing this something is wrong with you I have a few male clients and the thing with male clients is they they know they want to get better, they want to get conscious, they want to, you know, improve their lives. But, you know, the one thing which I have with them, which I see a rep- repetitive pattern is they have difficulty in getting in touch with their emotions. Mm-hmm. And Tell me about it. Female <laughs> clients, don't get me wrong. Sometimes even female clients, uh, you know, because of this hyper-independent culture that we're in, it's like, oh, I can't cry in my session. Oh, I can't break down in my session. There was a particular client that came in and she was like, well, you can't crack me. I'm not going <laughs> to cry. And I said, well, I don't want to crack you. I just want you to be honest. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be very honest with you. And I'm going to risk our friendship and be very honest with you. You know, and and she cracked. <laughs> well, I remember in my sessions, like, and I remember apologizing to you constantly. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm crying. I was like, I'm not a crier. I don't know what's going on. And then ever since then, like this weekend, I cried. And then I don't know if you've listened to a few past previous episodes, but I remember interviewing my friend Adrian, and I was just so proud of her, like just feeling so proud. And I just started crying. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. And that's <laughs> another stigma, right? That's another stigma saying crying is bad, feeling bad is wrong. And then, oh, like, okay, feeling this kind of way, pop a pill, right? And then feeling depressed, pop a pill. Oh, you're having this emotion, pop a pill. It's like a very like instant gratification culture where it's like pop a pill, pop a pill, pop a pill. Well, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not here to diagnose anybody that's listening to this, but popping a pill may not be the answer for everything. Right. Like you, you, sometimes popping a pill means let's not feel anything. Exactly. And exactly. that's avoiding. Yep. I know this weekend when I was going, when I was sad through some stuff I was going through or whatever, and just trying to reflect, like typically I'll just turn on the TV and distract myself. Well, on Sunday morning, I did not, I got up. I sat on the couch in the dark and I just started crying and I was like having to think about everything. And that's when I really self-reflected and I, it, that was the 48 hour mark. And I was like, you know, yesterday I was blaming him today. A little bit of it was me. <laughs> so maybe I should apologize and just own up to the fact that I was a three-year-old throwing a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is we need to do that. And I think you know that with experience now, we need yeah. to throw a tantrum. And when I say throw a tantrum, I'm not saying throw things around and create <laughs> mess and create drama. No, but yeah. if you feel some kind of way, just let it out. Just, you know, go to the room, let it out and get the emotion out. And then obviously you feel better now, I can tell. Yeah. And then yeah. everybody feels better after they've released what they need to release. And, and this is why I give examples of children. And I just want you guys to take a minute to reflect this. Children are actually very happy people. Like yep. when they're very young, before all the heavy conditioning begins, right? They're very happy people. Like they go to the supermarket, they throw a tantrum, they're crying, rolling on the floor. And then 10 minutes later, they're smiling and they give you a big hug and a kiss and they're happy. How did that yep. happen? That happened because they got it out of the system. They well, it's crazy because after working with you, like I know this week I was like, I'm just like, I was talking to my friend. I was like, I'm just really incredibly sad. And I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And then like, when I had the time and the moment to myself, I was like, you know, th and that's how I connected the dots that it was more of an abandonment issue. Like from like, and then, cause I just started then thinking about everything in my childhood and how I felt the same. Mm -hmm. Whereas before when I would have these same moments, like I wouldn't, I would be like, I don't know why I'm sad. Like, I don't know. Like, I think I remember when we first started working together, I would always be like, You'd be like, how are you feeling today? And I'd be like, I don't know. And you're like, that's okay. And then eventually I started going, I feel blah. And you're like, that's an emotion. That's okay. Until I was able, like by the end of the time we started working together, I was able to like say, oh, I feel happy today. I feel sad today. I feel blah today. I feel moody. Like, and then I was able to separate my emotions and actually identify with them. Exactly. Exactly. And this is the best part about it. You are not your emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy. <laughs> I can act yeah. crazy, but I'm not crazy. <laughs> exactly. You are not your emotion. You're going to wake up tomorrow and feel very happy and you have no idea why. And that's okay. You're going to wake up tomorrow and might feel sad and you have no idea why. And that's okay too. But society tells us that that is wrong. That is bad. You can't feel this. You can't feel that. And I just, I just want you guys to reflect on a minute. Like, God, this episode might be banned for me saying this, but, but if tomorrow we all woke up feeling extremely happy with ourselves, with the way we are and our bodies and our faces and our emotional health, just think about how many industries would go bankrupt. And we talked about this. It, well, it's funny because I read a book and I cannot, I think it's your, the body is not, oh, is it the body is not an apology or something like that? I cannot remember the, for the life of me. We read it in book club. And this woman was talking about the beauty industry and how much like it obviously makes over the years. And she said, you, most people spend, and I'm going to screw this up because it's been so long since I read it, but most people spend $5,000 in their lifetime on mascara or something like that. And I was like, holy shit, Whoa. you know, and yeah. she was like, now let's pretend I said, Hey, I'm giving you $5,000. What are you going to do with it? And, and like, she was like, now multiply that by everybody in the world. She was like, and we do this with everything because society is telling us mm -hmm. you need this because you're not perfect. Exactly. It's almost like one size fits all approach. And that's the fourth thing that I want to talk about. It's like, do this, do this, be like this, look like this, you'll be happy. Yep. Well, that's why everybody, if you look on Instagram, looks alike. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually started noticing that recently. I'm like, wait a minute. Is it a Everyone's trying to look like a Kardashian. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody's trying to do that. And it's because, you know, that was the, again, we're all being conditioned. The second you open Instagram, from the second you open it, you're conditioned. Well, I remember because I've had a lot of issues with body image, a lot. Like we've talked about that in our sessions and I I don't know what woman can't relate. I think the us growing up in the nineties era, like I remember 17 magazine and things like that, where the beauty standard at that time was you must be real thin please look anorexic. Mm -hmm. And at the time there was no one talking about, by the way, also everyone has different body shapes and sizes and that's normal. Mm -hmm. They made it, they normalized it where if you weren't a size zero, a double zero, then something was wrong. I remember being 15 and I told my mom that I wanted workout tapes. Mm -hmm. And I remember I started watching my calories at 15, at 15 years old. Wow. My parents didn't teach me that. Right, right. You right. know? Yeah. No, that's something that everybody's struggling with recently. It's like we look at people that are, you know, like kind of fit or you would even call them skinny and they they feel insufficient, right? And it's like, it's just going around all the time. So I think that's why I keep saying like, you have to go back to you. You have to go back to you and mute the external noise and ask, okay, who is me and what would make me feel comfortable in my skin? And that answer will also keep evolving and let it evolve. Let it evolve. The second you turn the TV on, the second you you know open on Google and be like, oh, is this an appropriate thing? You're just going to feel less than. You're going to feel insufficient. So it's like one size fits all approach, whether like when I'm talking about size physically and also emotionally having, okay, this approach of life. Like you educate, you get educated, high school and then university and then masters and then job and then family and then kids. I hate to break it to you all, but that is not a successful structure for many people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, so like me growing up in the nineties, like my sisters got pregnant at age 17. That was like, oh my God, like you're not married. You're Mm -hmm. so young, you know, and then now it's happening and it's just kind of a normal, like, oh okay, you're pregnant. Cool. I remember like, cause I'm from a small town, like, and when I was in college, by the time I was, God, I think I graduated maybe 22, 23, but like on that last year of college, if I went home to get my hair cut and someone saw me, it would always be like, so are you dating anyone? Are you married yet? Because everyone was married by 2021 from where right. I'm from. Right. So there was something quote unquote wrong with me because I wasn't, but I also moved to a bigger city and in the bigger city, everybody was like, no, we're not getting married till 30, 32. (laughs) Right, 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 right. No, absolutely. No, I, I fully, fully, fully understand this. In fact, it's like, it's so crazy to a point where like, if, if I have a client like coming to me and, you know, they're telling me about, oh, by the way, like I I recently got a divorce. I don't know if I should say I'm sorry, or if I should say congratulations. (laughs) Uh, yeah read the room gotta read the room exactly it's like (laughs) literally it's like read the room it's you know everybody doesn't want your pity like it's so true because for each person success happiness everything is so different Mm -hmm. you know so if you are like listening to this and you are constantly giving advice to your friends saying do this do that this is right this is wrong this is I really want you to like take a just self-reflect and ask where did you learn that is that an actual fact Maybe it's true for you, but it's not true for her. Right. I think that's very important to have compassion and say, okay, I absolutely love this for me, but it may not be for Jana. Maybe I love something else for her, or maybe she loves something else for her. And the perfect example, going back to the, like what we talked about last week and then relationships, and this just popped into my head and I don't know why, but cheating. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also on like a reality show I was watching last night. They were going around the room to all the girls going, would you be okay if your partner cheated? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone like l- wants or loves the, like right. their partner to cheat on them. But I think that's one of the societal things. Like if that, if the partner takes the other person back, everyone wants to chime in and say, you shouldn't do that. They're yeah. just going to do it again. Da, 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 da. Okay. Well, that's where you come in and you say, what is true for you? Exactly how do you feel? Exactly. Exactly. So there, like I said, there is no right or wrong in any situation, right? It's all individual. Like with some relationships, they're okay abusing each other verbally. They curse each other. 
they're like say stuff all the time like well that's not okay for me but well they seem to be okay with that that's the way they deal with conflict you know and and maybe they think that's okay for them so it's like before we jump and you know ride on the high horse and start giving advice i think you really need to like and all of us need to do this is self reflect okay i this is true for me is this true for them and that's a hard place to get to i'm i'm slowly getting there but with the help of you because it's really hard to break out of those societal norms where you have your friends telling you it shouldn't be that way you have magazines telling you it shouldn't be that way Instagram your parents but like you still have this rebellious like what well, doesn't feel that bad like y'all are telling me it's supposed to be this bad but it doesn't feel that bad to me because we all have different thoughts and opinions like you said but it's so hard to break out of that like because if it's if, it, if it's if it's a thought that doesn't go along with society or the norms of society it's considered quote-unquote wrong or abnormal mm-hmm. and then you try to give it's that peer pressure, like, well, why don't I feel normal? Why don't I feel like, I don't feel like this is wrong. So, and I know that's what we're talking about, trying to break out of the societal norms. And that is, that in itself is the hard part right there. No, it is very hard because everywhere you look, it's it's the same thing, right. right? Everywhere you speak, it's the same thing. That's why, that's why it's so important. They say, choose the people who's around you because at the end of the day, no matter how strong as a man or woman you are, you are influenced. You are influenced because we are a part of a tribe mentality. You know, all this like nuclear community, hyper-independence, all that is like recent. We are a tribal, we are a community and communities influence each other. So I think that's where all of the self-work comes in. That's why they say spend time alone with yourself, meditating, taking a walk, do things by yourself and reflect on your choices. It's funny because like, I knew this, but I don't think I knew this until this podcast. Like I, all the, I think very differently of a lot of people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really do. Because I know, like, I'm just sitting here, like self-reflecting during this podcast. And I'm like, well, in this conversation, everyone like tries to convince me. And I'd be like, no, you know, (laughs) I just don't believe that. Yeah. Or, Or I get what you're saying, but I get what you're saying, but here, you know. And, you know, another, like, I've noticed this, like, I feel like, you know, everybody can be very strong in, you know, their truth and their opinions. And at the end of the day, we can tell people, oh, you can't say that to me. You can't speak that way to me. Then you're not going to have anyone, you know, because people are off free speech. It's like, it's like, okay, I'm entitled to say whatever you want. So when we live in a society which is conditioned and also everybody has free speech, how do we get out of it? Right. It's like, what do we do? Right, right. So I think that's where inner work comes in. I think that's where working on yourself, identifying, is this really true for me? Okay, I love this for my friend, Megan. She has three kids and she has a million dollar home and she has five cars in her garage. I love this for her. But is that something that I really desire? Is that something that deep down gives me joy? Yep. And I think I think reflecting on that is very important. And another thing that I want to talk about is gender roles. It's like, you know, as a man, you have to do X, Y, Z. As a woman, you have to do X, Y, Z. And I want to go back in time, like biology, biology, right? Let's just go back in time, (laughs) evolution, and talk about, yes, these things were true when men had to hunt. Because men had to hunt, they have the physique for it, they have the structure for it, they have the strength for it. Physically, we are different, men and women. And they had to hunt, so women had to take take part and do certain things. And then after a while, men didn't need to hunt. Because everything was available for us to just pay money and get it. So things started changing, guys. Things are changing. We can't be stuck like how it was before and say, this is how it has to be. That is how it has to be. No, if you're in a relationship and you're in a marriage, you know, if, if you know, you have, you have it figured out with your system, then go for it. Right. Don't ask for validation from your friends. Don't ask for validation from anybody around you. Go for it. If you have a system nailed down that works for you, do it. Well, let's break that down. Okay. So we're, we can even talk about like, this is honestly to me in just recent years. And I was trying to do some research before we started, but then I found this long article. So I don't know the appropriate dates, but women's rights hasn't not been around for a really long time. Like mm-hmm. we think, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until, was it the 1950s that women started working? I think so. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but like women fought so hard to get into the workforce. Cause it was during world war one or two. I can't mm-hmm. remember when the men had to go 
into battle. Mm -hmm. So then the women had to go work in the factories so that supplies could keep going and things like that. Right. So we fought this long, hard battle to work. And then we are making strides in the workforce. And now we're working full-time hours, sometimes more becoming CEOs, becoming millionaires, being the breadwinner. Yep. And some men do not like that. Some men still are like, I'm the man I should, you know, be the breadwinner, but, and I'm not saying all men, but women, I don't have children. I just hear from my friends, but like (laughs) women, we fought for this 40 plus work hour, but then we're still doing everything at home. And I'm not saying every woman or man, but we're still doing everything at home. And the things at home are a full-time job. That is a full-time job. If somebody is going to come and tell me I'm a homemaker, I'll be like, you have a full-time job. You have right. full-time. With or it's a full-time job. full-time job. Because yep. I know with now with me working as many hours as I'm working, trying to do the podcast, trying to clean, I don't have kids. Like yeah. I'm having to outsource things. Like I don't have time. I'm not home hardly anymore to yeah. clean and do the things that the way I want my house to look nice. So I have to outsource. Right. I think this is where we really have to like break down this gender rule saying women have to cook and clean. Like, let's just get over right. it. Right. If, what if the man's a better cook? Like he, yeah. might, he might cook better. Yeah, exactly. And especially if women are like, you know, if if, you, if if the woman is working and doing all these things, it just, and obviously to bottom line, hence we have the highest rate of divorce. To answer your question, it's not a system that's working. So <laughs> that's why I'm saying... <laughs> don't subscribe to what society is telling you it's a system that's not working right so that's why i'm saying find your sweet spot if you're in a relationship you're in a marriage find that sweet spot like why can't okay for example we can throw out some examples like if i'm making the most money and my partner doesn't Mm -hmm. but yet they have better insurance and then they they have the insurance Mm -hmm. um and they have a lesser stress job and you Mm -hmm. you come home and cook and clean Mm -hmm. And I'm just bringing the money Mm -hmm. like that checks and balances. No, absolutely. And at the end of the day, it's about you and your partner. You know, it's like, are you guys happy with those roles that you set for yourselves? Not what you read on Google, not what you read in the book, not what society is telling you. The roles that you set for yourself. Like I've had couples, I've coached couples and I've had men that are stay at home dads. And women that make all the money and go and do that. And I see that and it's beautiful. They have a beautiful, beautiful relationship. I've seen that too. I've seen that. And and that's why I said it's not all men, but I think this societal um, norm that we're talking about here is more geared towards men because I think it's harder for some men Mm -hmm. who maybe aren't secure with themselves maybe and haven't done the work to. Yep. It's all coming down to the self. Like if you aren't okay with your woman making more money than you, then that is an ego thing that you have to work on because it, I know people that it's destroyed their marriage Mm -hmm. just simply because a woman makes more. It has nothing to do because that societal pressure on that man, you're not the man Mm -hmm. you're not providing which bullshit in this day and age, like jobs are hard. Life is hard. Life is hard. No, absolutely. Money is hard. No, absolutely. I think at the end of the day, it should, it's never black or white. It's never this or that. I think it is finding the sweet spot. Again, it's like finding the sweet spot. Like, you know, if your man is insecure that you're making more money, well, guess what, son, go make more money (laughs) or work on your insecurities. Right. Two options, not making the other person feel like shit. Yep. That's not the answer. (laughs) 1000%. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that god that that brings me to the next thing which is life milestones right it's like if i am 25 and i don't have this then i'm not good enough you know if, what started that probably yeah. the 40 under 40 forbes <laughs> list oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> those lists you didn't make the cut you didn't make the list you didn't have this by this age Exactly. And I, I see so many, so many people like successfully start their businesses in their 40s and they are very successful. Some some women start their businesses in their 50s and they're successful. Right. It's, it's it, These things, these markers, what they are causing you to feel is always less than an insufficient. So guess what? Find your own marker, find your own marker, fulfill your heart, fulfill your heart's desires at your timeline, not anybody else's timeline. Well, I have a very good friend that, um, 
she has changed careers maybe two to three times. She has paid for her careers. She is like, she got into it. She still didn't feel fulfilled. And now she's going back for her degree in psychology now. Mm-hmm. And she's so happy. And, but when we talk, it's more of a, like, for the longest time, she didn't tell people she was going back to school because she was more afraid of what people would say because she changed her career. I said, it doesn't matter. They didn't pay for your school. Like you're not in debt, just making all these career choices and changes. You're not living on the streets because you can't pay your bills. You're doing what fulfills you and you're doing something that's making you happy. Stop worrying about them. Exactly. And it's it's so in, in, interesting you say that because people are going to say stuff anyway. Right. No matter what. And I, you had to teach me that. You're like, people are going to talk no matter what they're you gonna do. Talk no matter what. They're going to they're gonna say it no matter what. If you don't get married, they're going to say, get married. If you have one kid, they're going to say, why not two? If you have two boys, they're going to say, why not another girl? Right. <laughs> and if it's private or public school, then there's that. And then, oh my God, if you have healthy children, you're lucky. If if not, then there is a whole other thing, right? And it's- if I say that I don't want children, how could you say that you're so healthy? You should have children. Exactly. So I think no matter what, whether you're a man or a woman, you're going to get attacked <laughs> by society. So you may as well do what you want. You know, you may as well follow your heart's desires. That way, at least one person is happy. And maybe by seeing you happy, other people get inspired to do the same thing. Yep. Because guess what? We can't change anyone. We can't <laughs> want to do the work. We can't change anyone or we can't fix anyone. But what we can do is we can inspire people. We can motivate people. We can give advice to them if they are open and ready to receive it. And that's something that was very hard for me to learn because... <laughs> and I talked to you about one of my friends and me, we just kept butting heads and you were like, stop trying to control her. I was like, I'm not trying to control her. You were like, you are, you are putting your beliefs and your values and how you feel on her. And she's not ready. Yep. And I was like, well, damn in you. I hate when you make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all of this, all of these rules and societies, uh, you know, society's norms and timelines. I just want you to look at everything in your life and ask, is this really giving me joy or is this kept me in a loop of dissatisfaction and examine your choices ruthlessly and ask, okay, is this my true choice? Did I decide this based out of freedom and not fear? Did I decide this when I felt expansive and not in scarcity? That's, that's the best way to make a decision, right? Somebody was asking me, how do I decide? How do I know? How do I decide? Well, if you're making a decision based out of fear, you're going to pay the price for it. Yeah. It's like FOMO. They call it fear of missing out. Yeah. It's like, okay, I have to do this because, oh, if I'm at that age and I might feel, well, it's not a fact. You don't know that. You don't know that. So have courage to say right now, this is what I'm feeling. And this is true and real for me in this moment. I have a friend for an example for that is, me and her talk about this because I, I know that I don't want children. Like if I got pregnant and something happened, it's like, okay, well, I'm not like so against children, but it's just not something in my path that I've ever like Mm -hmm. yearned for. Mm -hmm. Well, my other friend is kind of feels the same way. And we, as women, you know, have this quote unquote biological clock and you shouldn't have children after a certain age. So she was getting there, she's getting there. And like, everyone keeps asking her when she's going to have children with her husband and you know she talked to me she was like I just can't decide I just I don't know what to do and I said I think you have decided yep exactly but it's that fear of well what if I change my mind in five years and now I'm past the age of supposedly supposed to have children what if I change my mind and like like you and my aunt have told me stop borrowing trouble like what if you do Mm -hmm. but what if you don't what if you're not here and right now this is your this is your answer exactly you, you, you know Exactly. So I think I think really a good way to make decisions is the present moment, because all you have, my friend, is the present moment. Right. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. The world's best astrologers didn't predict COVID-19. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know anything. We right. just set intentions. We can set goals. I'm not saying don't set goals, set goals, set intentions, you know, set milestones that fulfill your heart and, you know, take inspired action to get there. But leave it, the outcome, the specifics of the outcome, you can't control it. Right. You can't control it. That's why even when it comes to manifestation, you know, I I really say, what is the feeling you like to feel rather than the thing 
because the thing you want the thing because you want to feel the feeling <laughs> if you feel the feeling you already have the thing so and coming back to all of this right and the last thing i really want to hit the nail on is success equals wealth and wealth equals success or success equals money and money equals success and i cannot even tell you how many clients i have that are millionaires that are multimillionaires and they're still my clients what does that say? Right. <laughs> so it's not it's not success or happiness equals money and success and happiness equals. This is the thing. Like, is money important? Absolutely. We are the only, you know, creatures on earth that have to live to pay rent on earth. Yes, money is extremely important for survival. It is important to, you know, get things, buy things, like, like eat, you know, live, thrive, whatever. It's important. But if you say, well, if I make this amount of money... And if I make this amount of money, then finally, I'm going to be happy. Then finally, I'm going to feel successful. That number I'm telling you right now will change. That goes back to the example I said earlier with my friend. I was like, what number on the scale is going to make you happy? And she couldn't tell me exactly. because it wasn't the weight. Yeah. She wasn't happy. Exactly. And and this is so interesting because I had a client that said, I don't like Tennessee. And uh, I want to move somewhere else and I will be happy. I said, well, okay. Are you going to take your brain with you? She said, yeah. <laughs> I said, good luck. Because wherever you go, if you go in a state of lack, or if you're feeling a state of lack, lack equals lack. Mm -hmm. This is, this is fundamental. Lack equals lack. If you feel insufficient, if you feel scarcity, that equals scarcity. Right. Right. So and that is the same thing with wealth. It's the same thing with success. It's the same thing with joy. If you're always saying, OK, I need this one extra thing to fulfill my cup and I need this. I need this. I need this. I'm going to give you the dog example again. If you chase the dog, the dog runs away. Right. If you stay still, the dog might come to you. <laughs> so if you're chasing, if you're chasing something to hit that mark, I want you to focus more on alignment rather than chasing. Well, it's true because like, we've talked about this, like my income is significantly higher than it used to be, but now it's like, but if I just made this amount, I could do these things. Exactly. And it's always going to be that way. Well, now I've, hit, now I've hit that mark. Well, if yeah. I just made this mark, then I yeah. could do these things. Right, right, right. So, you know, some people may ask, okay, but what if I want to make more? And is this, is, is that not okay? Well, I, uh, this is the thing you have great goals and ambitions. Go for it. Like, go for it. I'm never going to say, oh, no, just be satisfied with where you are. That's actually, that's going against the grain because as human beings, we are here to evolve. Change is the only constant friend. You're never going to stay the same. So go for it, evolve, go achieve those big dreams, but also make it a point to reflect on your life as to what actually brings me joy. What actually brings me satisfaction? What actually brings me fulfillment? And when you can take those markers and you can say, okay, I've nailed this. Like, I know this. I've got it down to a T. Then good for you. Good for you. Focus more on nourishing that. Focus more on expanding that and cultivating that because chasing the external is only going to put you in a state of lack. Right. Agreed. 100%. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's taken me a long time to get there because I used to do the same thing like as I was growing up because I... Now my microphone is working. So I hope this whole podcast, it was, <laughs> I hope it wasn't because now it's coming through clear. Anyways, um, I grew up thinking that because we grew up very, very poor. My mom made it work. She worked three jobs. She worked very hard. She made it work. But coming from that situation, I thought success was money, these things, the big house. And I, and I truly thought I would never be able to achieve any of that because of where I came from and not saying that my parents didn't want me to achieve that, but they have said things along the way. Like when I bought my first house and it's not an extravagant house, it's an average size house. I was told, well, we thought you would do good, but not this good. Right. And it's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> like, did you not want me to, you know, be successful? Did you? And then like, when I sat down and had that conversation with the person who said that they were like, no, I meant it as a compliment. Right. Right. Like I was telling you that you did really good. And I was like, that's not the way it came across. 
Right. No, absolutely. And I think it's it's so important that you said that because the final thing before we end the podcast, what I really want to talk about is abundance and scarcity. So when I say abundance and scarcity, I'm not just talking about the mindset. What you had abundant abundantly in your life, you will not crave. Likely. What you never had in your life when you were growing up, you will crave in your adulthood. So that's if you're scarce in something, if you didn't have something for a long time, then all your brain is going to do is let's go get that. Let's go get some. Let's go get it. Let's go get it. Let's go get it because you didn't have that. So it's trying to balance it out. That makes sense. I've never, you know, I've never had it explained that way, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But if you had it abundantly, then you're not going to go looking for it. That's not going to be the primary thing. Is that why I don't want children? Because there was an abundance of grandchildren that I helped. <laughs> no, absolutely. I actually, know, I actually know a client. I actually have a client that does not, he's a, you know, he does not want to have children. And when I right. asked him, why do you not want to have children? Do you have a negative experience with children? He said, no, I practically raised all my younger brothers yeah. because my mom was too busy and she was working and I raised them. I changed well, I shouldn't say that I raised anybody. I was just really young in the house. I was 10 when they started being in the house. So I was in the house with them. I shouldn't have used the word raised. That was the wrong word, but okay, but still it's like I'm just around them. Yeah. You're around them. That's abundance of children. Right. So yeah. with, with, with my client's scenario, he practically raised them almost. I mean, the mother mainly raised them, but he raised them part time and he was, he was a little kid himself and he was raising his younger brothers. So he doesn't want to have kids. So you see abundance and scarcity. It's like, whatever you have too much, you're not going to, your brain is not going to be like, oh, I want that. But what what you didn't have, your brain's going to be like, yeah, I want that. So on that note, we end this episode all about the societal lies and <laughs> breaking the myth of what should be and what should have been and what could have been so that you guys find a little more freedom, a little more ease and a little more grace and a little more joy in your lives. And I absolutely love recording this with Jonna because she just hits the points all the time. <laughs> All the time. I love it. It's, it's his brain, man. Like it's constantly thinking. It gets me in a lot of trouble. But you know, I really like picking your mind because you say all these things. And I and I told you this when you when you did your first podcast with me, y'all really need to go listen to that. Like everything you were saying, I was just like, that's me. That's me. Like, and I really think my listeners as well love hearing you. I got so many people reaching out going, Oh my gosh, that was such an amazing episode, just because you just know how to say things, I think, that can resonate with anybody and what they're going through like it really just like you could literally whatever you say it's almost like it's it's like directed at you (laughs) well I will always say this I'm going to speak the truth so I will speak the truth and if it if it gets to you in a good way then I'm hey I'm really happy (laughs) to you know help you in any process that you're going through so on that note we will definitely catch you next week with a brand new episode. We have so much to talk about. There's so many topics that need to be discussed. So stay tuned and follow Babel's Nonsense for her podcast, which is amazing. Thank and you. then you can follow me on my podcast, which is Transcend into Wellness. And if you guys love our duo series, go ahead and leave both of us a review on our podcast platform so that we can continue to keep making more and raise the consciousness. All right. Thank you as always menu and into my listeners. Bye guys. Guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of transcend into wellness podcast. If this episode resonated with you or served you in any way, big or small, make sure to share it on your social media and tag me at transcendence by Mino. I always love to be a part of any breakthroughs you have. Namaste.